Another week, more coronavirus. That hasn't gone away. The Baltimore Ravens are still chugging along, though, as we are here at the Nest Talk Podcast, the best and most elite Baltimore Ravens podcast on the internet. But you all knew that already. That is why you are tuning in today. And let me know when you let me let you know when we're recording this. This is actually being recorded on Thursday night. We're back on schedule. Thursday night, 11:30 at night. Probably will take me to 12:30, maybe one o'clock to edit this. But you know what? We're going to keep grinding. We got Ravens news to talk about as usual here on the Nest Talk podcast. For those of you that don't know, my name is Christopher Linfont, the host of the Nest Talk podcast, the editor in chief over at BaltimoreFeather.com. So that's what this podcast is brought to you by, the BaltimoreFeather.com, of course. Today is Nest Talk episode 70, again being recorded March 26th, Thursday night, March 26th, 1130. We're starting the recording a little later tonight than I would have liked, but that's just how it's going to have to go. So, um, again, welcome back to the Nest Talk podcast. If you are looking, before we get into everything, we have stuff to talk about, okay? We got Jimmy Smith resigning with the Ravens. We got Chris Moore resigning with the Ravens. Josh Bynes, Patrick Onwaso, both out, heading to the Bengals and Jets alike. And the Ravens making a surprise move for a long snapper that used to play play baseball. So we'll get all into that. But first, as we always do here on the Nest Talk Podcast, we got to go over some housekeeping. And guys, if you are listening to this podcast on iTunes, and listen, I'm loving the the love recently because we've been getting more and more views. But if you are listening to it on iTunes, give us a rating. Subscribe to us on iTunes. If you're listening to us on Spotify, give give us a... uh, follow or favorite, whatever it is on Spotify. If you're listening on YouTube, make sure you subscribe, hit the notification bell. It's expe- especially important on YouTube to hit that notification bell. Why might you ask? Because on Saturday, we are coming out with our first NFL Draft prospect review of the offseason. So that'll be on Saturday on the YouTube channel. And of course, if you are on BaltimoreFeather.com, following us with an email news link, that will be put into your email inbox as well. The video, I'm not sure if I'm going to do an article format. It's taxing to do both, but I'll at least upload the video there so everybody else can see it. Um, and, and finally, make sure you're following us on Twitter. If you're not, at Be More Feather, at Nest Talk on Twitter. You can find me, at Chris Linfun on Twitter. And of course, uh, hit us up on Facebook as well. If you're on Facebook, just search up Nest Talk or the Baltimore Feather on Facebook. So that's it for the social plugs today. Um, so again, here on Nest Talk episode 70, it's really recapping what the crazy week for the Ravens has been. Um, and you know, the free agency frenzy, it's not over. It's never going to be over at this point, you know, especially with all these coronavirus issues. And, and actually, one coronavirus issue we have to talk about right off the bat, it's not being covered enough, but I think if you're following Jeff Zrebic on Twitter, fantastic follow, by the way, of the athletic, the best Ravens insider really in the game. There's nobody better, better than Jeff. That's where if he tweets something about the Ravens, you know it's legit. There is no question, it's legit. So, Jeff is the best on the Ravens, period. Now, I like to say I'm the best and most elite opinion on the Ravens, but Jeff is going to break that news for you. And that's really, I mean, every time we're trying to break news stories, Jeff has usually something to do that. Every time he breaks a story, we're trying to pump it out very quickly. But it's, I would say, at least 70% of the time, Jeff is breaking the story. So, give him a follow if you're on Twitter. After you follow at Nest Talk and at Be More Feather, of course. But no, in all seriousness here, we need to talk about a coronavirus-related Ravens issue. And it's not that the Ravens, um, I believe they took their scouts off the road for a while. And it's not also the fact that Steve Bissotti, the 
best owner in the National Football League, in my opinion, is donating a million dollars to coronavirus relief, to which some people um, say that's not enough. I don't know how much millions of dollars they can spare. You really shouldn't be counting another man's money. That's not the point, though. The point is, a Ravens free agent signing is being held up because of coronavirus, and that is Michael Brockers. And you'll notice on every other free agent signing, on every other trade, the Ravens have made it all official. Everything's been officialized. Calais Campbell, officially a Raven. Uh, who else do we sign? Uh, Hayden Hurst trade is, is official. Other signings. Resigning Jimmy Smith is official. There's a, Everything is official with the Ravens, except for one, and that's Michael Brockers. And you might be asking yourself, what's going on with Brockers? No, Brockers doesn't have coronavirus. That's not what I'm getting to here. Here's the deal, though. Michael Brockers had a knee injury. I don't know exactly what the knee injury was, but he had a knee injury last year. They don't think it's going to be a problem. Well, the doctors did not think it would be a problem heading into 2020. But the Ravens don't have, from my understanding, they they haven't actually been able to examine him himself. And Brockers received a physical from wherever he's from. I, I forget exactly where. You know, you know, all my longtime listeners here are going to know I don't write these things down. I should. I don't. But uh, that's a problem. But Michael Brockers gets a physical, okay? And there's some questions about the knee. Or was it an ankle? See, this is why I have to write things down. I am so sorry for my unpreparedness, as usual, here on the Nest Talk podcast. Um, but let's just check up on Jeff over here. Again, at Jeff Zrebic on Twitter, the best follow. Really... Maybe on Twitter, except for me, of course. But, you know, that's just there. But anyway, so Brockers has this new physical, okay? And, you know, it's ankle. Ankle, okay, not knee. Ankle. Um, he sustained a high ankle sprain last year. So his his independent physical, th- th- there's question, um, you know, the doctors are questioning his readiness. Now the Ravens aren't able to verify this. The Ravens have their own team doctors that would like to do this. The interesting thing enough about this is they've agreed to a deal in principle with Brockers. They have not executed that deal because of this physical issue. The Ravens, before Ndamukong Sue, uh, made his free agent decision. And Sue joined the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Okay. Well, he rejoined them. He was already on the team. He re-signed $8 million deal. Um, I think it's about a year deal. I don't think it's anything more than a year. The Ravens were involved with Ndamukong and Sue. Okay? Same position as Michael Brockers. This was not a position that they were adding alongside Brockers. Like, it was Calais Campbell and then Michael Brockers to solidify that defensive line. Okay? And then they got Ellis and Ward back. That was the defensive line they're trying to build here. This is not another piece like a Calais Campbell would be, like an outside... No, this is the same position Michael Brockers would play. And this is was boggling some people before Zrebic was really getting in on this. Why the Ravens would even inquire about Sue when they've already got Calais Campbell and they've already got Michael Brockers. They've already got Brandon Williams. Well, the reason is because we actually don't yet have Brockers. Now, the, the deal is the Ravens want Brockers. There's no question they want Brockers. They believe he's going to be okay. But they just can't verify that. They just can't. Not until this all gets blown over. That's the problem in place. Because they can't just get these doctors out there 
there's so many concerns about traveling, about this, that, and the other thing. It, it, it's really taken the NFL world by storm, along with the rest of the world. I mean, we're all feeling the effects. I'm home from my stay-away college right now, okay? I'd be down there. I'm up here. It's a little different. Um, but I, I'm guessing that most of you listening to this are either home from college yourself or home from work. And, and this is the same thing. The Ravens are going through the same struggles. They can't get team employees, team doctors out to actually test brokers and to see this high ankle sprain and whether or not it's going to be a long-term concern. So that's interesting. That is probably the biggest kind of, it's like a kind of news story because nothing's actually happened yet, but this fact that nothing has happened yet is itself the news story. Um, so we'll see how this goes by next week. I mean, maybe we'll have something, but maybe we'll talk about the same thing again next week about Michael Brockers. But let's get into some happy news, some some sweet, sweet Ravens moves. Because you know, in free agency, we love to see the Ravens make some moves. And we left off last week with Dominic uh, Ra- at Ravens Anatomy. Highly, highly recommend you follow him on Twitter. Great analyst for the Ravens. We were talking, the last thing the Ravens had done was trade Chris Wormley to the Pittsburgh Steelers. That was the absolute last thing they had done. But they they weren't done in free agency at that point. Now, it, it, it took until, um, what is it, Monday that was? Yes, it took until Monday for the Ravens to actually make a move. But they made two on Monday. I'm sorry, made, no, yes, they made two on Monday. And really, they happened like boom, boom, right back to boom, boom, like that. Boom, boom. Just one, two. One, two punch of a move. We only heard about one, and then we heard about the second one. The second one kind of got put underneath the first one. Now, if you were on Twitter that day, if you were subscribed to our email news list, if you were following us, you already know these news stories. Jimmy Smith. That's right, the legend Jimmy Smith. Ravens 2011 first-round pick re-signs with the Ravens, and it's a pretty good deal, not going to lie. Now, I was a little confused about it at first, the way it was worded in some of these breaking tweets, but once you get down into it, it's actually a pretty nice deal for the Ravens. And right after that, literally like 10, 15 minutes later, Zrebic, again, Zrebic, back on Twitter to tell us that the Ravens also signed Anthony Levine, the safety-slash-linebacker-slash-special-teams-player-slash-one-of-the-most-loved-Ravens, honestly. I mean, this man is one of my favorite Ravens. He's so underappreciated. But he resigns with the Ravens like immediately after that. Now, whether that had what whether or not that had to do with Jimmy Smith, probably not. You know, it, he probably wasn't waiting on Jimmy to make a move. It just probably whoever was giving Jeff the information texted him back and said, "Oh yeah, by the way, we got Anthony back too." So here's the deal with Jimmy. Here's the big deal with Jimmy Smith. It's a six million dollar deal over t- for over a year. Except it's not okay. Now Jimmy is going to get lost in the sea of cornerbacks a little bit because we've already got. Marlon Humphrey, okay, one of the best corners in his own right. And then we got another one of the best corners in the league in Marcus Peters, Juice Man, from the Ra- from the Rams. We traded from the Rams, obviously, last year. Um, <laughs> how that happened, I still don't really understand why they picked. What did they take? Fifth-round pick in Kenny Young? I mean, that was, that was stupid. That was dumb by the Rams, really dumb. Um, but they took it. We robbed them, really. They were pretty much defenseless in that robbing. I mean, it's, just, it's Eric DeCosta's just finessing teams like crazy out here. Um, so we got we got Marcus Peters, we got Marlon Humphrey, we've got Tavon Young, 
who's going to be our slot guy. And when Tavon's on the field, he's elite, okay? There's no question in my mind. Tavon Young is one of the best players on the field when he's on the field. Now, is he going to stay on the field? That's the question. Because, you know, all the injuries with Tavon Young, I mean, what was it, his second year? I mean, his rookie year was great. He came out like crazy for the Ravens at a temple, this guy. Um, Tavon Young, rookie year, was great for the Ravens, suffered an ACL injury. Second year was, well, third year with the Ravens, second playing was great. Then he gets another injury this offseason. I mean, it's just brutal for him. But when he's on the field, he's really good. So assuming he's healthy, the Ravens have three really good cornerbacks. Now they got Jimmy Smith back in the mix. And for $6 million, it's not the worst deal, okay? It's a little pricey for a guy who might be depth. But here's the thing. He's not exactly going to be depth. He's still Jimmy Smith. He's still got a lot of juice in the tank. We've seen that last year, too. Um, but Jimmy, okay, Jimmy's going to get rotational pieces. He'll be a little bit of depth, too, but that's good for him because of his injury history. If anybody's been injured a lot, it's Jimmy Smith. He's only played two full years of football. He's missed games in every other year except for two. And remember, he came in the league in 2011. So that's not good. But Jimmy Smith's year, is, it's Jimmy Smith's salary is $6 million if, if he meets all his incentives. His base salary, at least according to Jason LaConforna, and look, I've said it before, you can't trust JLC on everything. But this one seems pretty legit because the reported number was up to $6 million. Everyone was saying up to $6 million. Except for me, I kind of got that wrong, but someone corrected me on that, which I'm very thankful for my Twitter followers, because I am not immune to making mistakes. But JLC actually says it's a $3.5 million guaranteed contract with incentives, quote, with playtime incentives, could earn an additional $2.5 million if he plays a lot. So Jimmy has a really big incentive to be on the field. Now, if he gets injured, should he strain himself? Absolutely not. But the fact, fact is, the Ravens are only giving up that $3.5 million. And as um, at Yoshi, I'm so sorry, I forget all the numbers. It's like 805 or something like that, 80512 or something like that. Um, Yoshi on Twitter, who, let me pull up. I'm sorry, not 80512. It's... Uh, 2052 at Yoshi2052. One of the best Twitter followers follows I have to say as well. So if you're if you're listening to this podcast, go follow him. He's a big data guy, puts a lot of Ravens data into perspective, and it's really useful, especially for me. If I'm doing like a game review and he's got something I want to see, I mean he's already got it. So I, I love his Twitter account. He's a great follow, great to interact with. But he pointed out to me that um the, the cap situation may or may not even include these incentives based on how it's structured. Now, we don't know that yet, um, but it, it, would be, it would be something to see if the Ravens somehow pull it off where they're only contributing $3.5 million to the cap. Now, is it going to happen? I can't say that right now. I, just, I, I can't. Not until we have all of the numbers. Um... But we don't have all the numbers yet. So, you know, we'll see how, how the cap actually works. For us, at least. How the cap's going to work for us with Jimmy. Um, but again, I think I, li- I like this deal a lot. and it, Not only because it's, it's pretty cheap for getting Jimmy back. And I do like me some Jimmy Smith. Now, I've had my qualms with Jimmy Smith over the years. He's not been the best player at all times. But, you know, he's still a big part of the Ravens. He's still a very 
big contributor to the defense, and I think overall he's a good player to have. I like the Levine signing a lot, too. Listen, I, I, I love the Levine signing. He's a guy I wanted back from day one. The moment I saw he was a free agent, I wanted this man back. And I think it was mutual both ways. I mean, Anthony wants to come back, Anthony Levine, and the Ravens want him back. He plays, I mean, if you don't understand his game, it's an excellent hybrid safety defensive linebacker type player who also contributes on special teams. I mean, he's really a plug-and-play guy everywhere. He's made big plays throughout his career. He won the Super Bowl with the Ravens in 2012. Um, so, excuse me. So, um, we don't know the full details of Anthony uh, Levine. I almost said Anthony Smith. Anthony Levine's contract. We know it's a single year, but we don't know any money. No one's reported that. So I can't really tell you how great of a cap situation this is or how terrible of a cap situation this is. I'm going to guess it's a pretty good cap situation, okay? Because Eric Dacasa has done very well really honing this cap down. Now, of course, we still have the Judon question. We haven't reached a long-term agreement with Judon. We haven't traded Judon. The official cap is about 15.8. It was going to be 16. I think it got lowered to 15.8 for some reason. Um, so, you know, if the Ravens can extend him to a long-term contract, they could offset some of that cap immediately. Let's say they sign him to a five-year $50 million deal. Well, that, that almost 16 is probably going to be around 10 at that point, freeing up $6 million. Now, the Ravens freed up, I think it was $6 million already with Brandon Carr, but, you know, there's still a lot of, of, of cap space. No, well, not on the team. There's a lot of cap space to be made because you need cap space to have room for midseason additions. You need cap space to sign um, your... Um, your draft class. So it's about $11 million in cap space right now, but this doesn't include Brockers yet because... Of, oh, it does include Brockers. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm actually surprised. $11.23 million. I don't know where that number is coming from. Um, but, you know, we have other moves to make soon. We, we have to see if we can get Ronnie Stanley on a long-term deal. He's hitting a $12 million cap um, hit right now. But with $11 million, I'm actually surprised. I don't know how they've made that cap space because last time I checked this, it was about six. Let me crunch the numbers here. Did we cut anybody? I don't think so. Um, we lost a couple guys, but we didn't cut anybody. I guess um, they were just behind on the cap. This is spot track, of course. You know, everything's changing so rapidly here. But, you know, it is better to have $11 million in cap space now, but they could still use some more. Now, the rule of 50... What is it? 50, rule of 51. Don't quote me on this, but there's a rule, essentially, where I think it's bottom two players don't contribute to the cap, something like that, usually has to do with draft picks. Um, and again, we're going to get into the draft on this channel if you're listening on YouTube very shortly. It's a lot, I mean, it's a lot later than I would have liked to, but I mean, blame coronavirus, not me, just the upheaval it's caused. Um, but anyway, um, we don't know the Anthony Levine contracts that'll contribute to the cap space as well. We don't know some other contracts too. I don't believe there's a number on Chris Moore. He's our next, next signing to talk about. I do not believe we have a number. No, we don't have a number on Chris Moore. I I don't think Chris Moore is going to be anywhere over a million dollars. There's no way in my mind the Ravens have signed Chris Moore back for a 1.52 million. It's got to be a million or under. And look, I'm not super crazy about the Chris Moore signing. I, I, I can't lie to you people. Okay? 
I love you guys, my listeners, but I, I'm not crazy about Chris Moore. Tell me if you're crazy about it, but I'm not. I mean, listen, 2018, I said Chris Moore was going to have a chance to break out. 2019, I said it could be his chance to break out, and here we are, 2020. It didn't happen in 2018. It didn't happen in 2019. Chris Moore has the tools, man. I mean, he he's 6'4", he's, he's got the tools. Is he No, he's 6'1". Six, six, I'm pretty sure he's 6'1". 6'4 sounds way too crazy. Um, it's not here. But anyway, you know, he's got the tools. I really like what Chris Moore has done at certain points in the past, but he's failed to stay consistent. Now, I, I get the reason they re-signed him. Uh, it's kind of a dual reason. He provides depth at wide receiver. If it's a cheap contract, you don't need to keep him. And he's a good special teams player. There's no questioning it. His rookie year, 2016, everyone remembers the blocked punt. I mean, I don't think he blocked the punt, but he took the blocked punt and ran in for a touchdown against the Steelers. What a great... I mean, I remember that play like it was yesterday. That was fantastic. I was watching that game. So, Chris Moore took that in. There was one against the Jets. I think it was on a botched field goal he took in. You know, there was... There's been plays Chris Moore has made in special teams. And look, he's a decent returner. He's a decent punt guy, uh, punt returner. But he's not a big-time wide receiver. Now, I, I'd like to see us move on from him at some point, though. And it's not just because he's blocked me on Twitter, which doesn't make any sense because this is before I've even criticized him. I've really started to come down recently on him because I just feel like... I don't know. I'm not going to question his, his football, like love of football or anything, but it, it's like he's had the opportunities, but he hasn't seized them for whatever reason. Maybe he's not getting the opportunities I'm thinking he's getting, but he's not seizing it. He's not getting these. He's not He's not taking the reins as a receiver, and he really should have. You know, He really should have. It's just not worked out for him. I, I honestly would have liked the Ravens to have moved on from him. I think we've got other special teamers. I mean, I, I really would have preferred to re-sign Brendan Trowick over Chris Moore, um, but that didn't happen. But you know, I have to. I'm gonna root for him. I, I, it's nothing personal against Chris Moore. I just don't think long term it's gonna work for the Ravens. So, and you know, he's probably the most lukewarm signing fan response wise that the Ravens have made so far this offseason. I mean, the Calais Campbell trade was received tremendously well. The Michaels Brockers signing was received tremendously well. Sam Cook extension. I mean, even that, a punter. Punters are people too. But he being extended was, you know, something a lot of fans were happy about. Chris Moore, I think, is the most lukewarm uh, signing so far. And that doesn't include the long snapper. We'll get to him though. That doesn't include the long snapper. Now here's a here's a disappointing one. We lost Josh Bynes, okay? Josh Bynes signs with the Cincinnati Bengals and he's a player I was hoping the Ravens would keep. Now you all remember um, Super Bowl 47, obviously, unless you're too young. I mean, if you if you don't remember Super Bowl 47 and you're listening to this podcast, that makes me feel really, really old. Because I remember that vividly. I mean, those lights going out, that ruined my night, okay? I was like 13 at the time. My mother made me go to sleep, okay, while I was watching that game. That was the dumbest decision I think she's ever made. But, I mean, it doesn't matter. We won anyway. But, it, I mean, she's probably right. It was a school night and... What was it, 11.30 by the time they finished? 12 o'clock, 12 a.m., something like that? Anyway, I knew they were going to win at that point anyway. They were up so much. Although, if uh, Jimmy Smith didn't make that play in the end zone against Crabtree, maybe uh, he would have woken up a very unhappy boy. Um, but anyway, getting into Bynes now. Josh Bynes, no longer a Raven. He Okay, the reason I bring up Super Bowl 47, he was the one to make the last tackle in Super Bowl 47. Now, 
he he's not the best linebacker. He's not the best inside linebacker. There's no question in my mind that there are better inside linebackers. But he came in and he did a very good job for the Ravens last year. And I thought he deserved a contract. Look, they got LJ Fort back. That was smart. Bynes, I think, is 31 or something like that. You know, he it was probably smarter to sign LJ Fort back being younger. Bynes, I thought, would have been another player to, to bring back in. The Ravens were interested. There was talk, at least that's what Zebrick was saying. There was talk between the Ravens and Bynes, the two camps, but no deal could be etched out. And he signs a one-year deal with the Bengals. I mean, that's what stings about this deal. It's the Bengals, right? If it's the Seahawks, it's it's a, uh, you know, we lost Bynes, but it's the Bengals. We have to see him again. And again, he's not the best linebacker, but I think the inside presence he brought, the stability he brought to the inside linebacker position, he's already he's been with the Ravens a while. I mean, he was with the Ravens from, uh, I think it was 2011 to 2014, and then he had the second time stint here. You know, he, he's a guy who Harbaugh clicks with. I just thought it would be nice to bring him back, especially as we're losing a lot of inside linebackers here. I mean, look, we don't have an inside linebacker that's really going to dominate. I mean, I like LJ Ford a lot. I like the possibilities Otero Alaka brings. I think we still can see some things out of Chris Board, but I want some more stability. I mean, we don't get it in Bynes because he's gone. And, you know, he started in 7 out of 12 games, you know, rotating in the other games. 23 tackles, 23 assists, 6 tackles for loss, a quarterback hit, a sack, 6 pass deflections, and 4 forced fumbles, and 2 interceptions. I mean, that was a good year for Bynes with the Ravens. Unquestionably a good year with for Bynes with the Ravens. But we don't get the stability in him, and then we don't get the stability with Pina and Wasso either. Patrick and Wasso, another t- guy, gone. Now, listen. I, I honestly, I'm not, I wasn't the biggest fan of signing Peanut, okay? But I wanted to keep at least one inside linebacker between Peanut and Josh Bynes. And here's the deal we didn't do that. Now, what does that mean? To me, it means uh, the Ravens have other things in mind. Now, I don't think there was much chatter between Peanut and Wasso and the Ravens. Now, I'm not an insider. I could be wrong. But it just felt like there was not much chatter. I mean, there was nothing really being reported about it. It, it just felt like the two sides were in the dark on each other. And remember, Peanut and Wasso last year was given a second-round tender. And, and for those of you that are confused by the tender system, so if you're a restricted free agent being given a second-round tender. It's being essentially saying if a team snags him away, um, first of all, he'd get a high contract. And if the Ravens have to match it, they have to pay a high contract. That's number one. But number two is they're going to have to give up a second-round pick, whatever team that gets him. And ain't, uh-uh, ain't nobody going to do that. Um, no one was trying to do that. So, listen, I mean, the Ravens really wanted to protect Peanut last year. They thought he was going to be the guy when it came to post C.J. Mosley. Remember, the Ravens, even after placing that tender on um, Peanut, or did they place the tender afterwards? I don't know. But they were in the, they were in the running for C.J., uh, but the Jets just had money to throw. And that's the funny thing about this. The Jets actually signed Peanut on Owasso, along with so many other Ravens. I mean, we've got Joe Douglas over there, former uh, executive in the front office with, with Ozzie Newsom and co. Um, but, I mean, he's just signing Ravens like crazy. I mean, even before he got there, C.J. Mosley signed there. Um, who was the only one that signed there right before um, Douglas got there? 
uh, Bronson Kafusi. But, you know, after Douglas gets there, I mean, they just signed Brashad Perryman. Yes, that Brashad Perryman. I mean, look, Brashad Perryman had a tremendous success in Tampa Bay the last five weeks of the season, whatever it was. He went on fire. I mean, he deserves to get a decent contract. And I'm glad he actually ends up with the Jets because a lot of other guys down there he already knows. Alex Lewis, Kenneth Dixon, Albert McClellan, Maurice Kennedy, all former Ravens. I mean, New York is literally trying to copy their way into success with these former Ravens. I mean, the best player there is CJ, hands down, as a former Raven. But, you know, I, I like Maurice Kennedy. You know, I was critical of him, but what I saw of him last year I really liked. Bronson Kafusi never really panned out for the Ravens. Kenneth Dixon, good player, just too many injuries. Albert McClellan, good special teams guy. Alex Lewis, decent player, never really um, panned out for the Ravens. Though. He just resigned an extension with these guys, though. And then there's Perryman, too, who really has taken off in his post-Raven career because that's just how it works for signing drafting uh, wide receivers for Ozzy, unfortunately. So, you know, losing Peanut, I mean, there's got to be a different plan in place. Now, there's not many inside linebackers I'd look at in free agency at this point. The market's pretty dry. I'm not going to lie to you. So, and and honestly, we can't go into the season unless Chris Board really comes out and looks like he's insane and dominating. We can't have Chris Board... Otero Alaka and LJ Fort as the the top three inside linebackers. It's just not going to work. I'm telling you right now, that's not going to work. I mean, LJ Fort as a, I like LJ Fort, but I don't think he could hold down the fort. Let's you know, hold down the fort. His name is Fort. Um, he can't hold down the fort himself. It's just not going to happen. Now, there's other guys in the market. Do we bring in a guy like Reggie Ragland, who we've talked about that on the show before, who Dominic pointed out? I like the idea of Reggie Ragland. Honestly, I do. Um, you know, but could he... I mean, maybe maybe he and LJ Fort could hold it down. I'm not going to say they can't. But it feels like, to me at least, it feels like the Ravens are going to have no choice but to acquire an inside linebacker in the first round of the NFL draft. It just feels that way to me. Unless someone gets cut, unless someone gets traded to them, it just feels like they're going to have to do it. Because look, Joe Sherbert signs with Jacksonville. Kyle Van Noy to Miami. I mean, there's not many guys you can go out there. Christian Kirksey, a guy some people thought would be a Raven. Green Bay. And it wasn't like it was a great inside linebacker market either. It just it just wasn't. Um, look, I mean, Alec Ogletree is still available, but he's, he's meh. You know, maybe he could do something for us. I wouldn't be surprised if the Ravens went after him. I mean, Wesley Woodyard's a little old. Reggie Ragland makes sense. I mean, Kamala Correa is on is out there, but it's I don't think that's gonna happen. Not again. Donald Payne, maybe. I mean, you, you look at even Manti Teo is an option. <laughs> I mean, probably not gonna happen. But you know, these are options out here. So, look, I think right now it's gonna have to be inside linebacker first round. I mean, when you look at the other needs, I'm I'm reviewing a wide receiver Saturday. I love wide receivers. I want to start with a wide receiver. There's a guy I really like. Um, Actually, a little disappointed with watching the tape. Slightly disappointed. You'll see why. But I like him. Um, not going to mention who it is. Unless I, I don't think I did that already. I, I, we have a need of wide receiver. There's no question. But it's not as crucial as inside linebacker. We have a need, a glaring need, an offensive guard. 
not as crucial as inside linebacker. I don't think there's a position on the Ravens that needs addressing more than inside linebacker. And look, the Ravens are in luck. There's some good players, um, some good inside linebackers this year. Now, the question is which one? Because ultimately, you're not gonna just going to pick inside linebacker for inside linebacker reasons, okay? So, you know, there's a guy that's being mocked to ra- the Ravens all over the place. Um, you know, you look at mock drafts, and consistently, you see certain players over and over again being mocked to the Ravens. Now, if we look, let's just let's just pull up NFL.com uh, here. Boom, there he is. Kenneth Murray. Now, who's mocking? It's Charlie Casterly's mocking Kenneth Murray to us. Now, look, Kenneth Murray, okay, um, he, um, what was I going to say? I'm sorry, I lost my train of thought. Kenneth Murray, Oklahoma, I haven't reviewed him yet. I don't know enough about him, but I, I like the idea of it. Uh, I know he's a good inside linebacker. I have to review him, though. I can't give you the full details on it. Now, Char- that's what Charlie Castle thinks of us. Chad Reuter of NFL.com as well thinks we're actually going to make a trade up to 20 with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Why do the Jacksonville Jaguars even have picked 20? That's the real question. Um, that I don't understand that one. But anyway, they think he's going to, he thinks we're going to pick up um, the 20 and draft Patrick Queen. Okay. Now I watched a um, video on Patrick Queen um, by Wind Column Sports, I think it was. Recommended the video was recommended to me by Dominic. Actually, very good video um, on Patrick Queen. I have to agree. Look, he's on raw talent. I could see why someone wants him in the first round, but I think he's probably not there on fundamentals yet. Just based on this, again, I haven't had time. I'm really starting to get into draft prospects now to go into these linebackers. But I mean, based on what I saw in this review, um, you know. Patrick Queen, I think it would be a very good player, but it's a little bit more risky. Now, I don't know about him compared to Kenneth Murray. Um, but Lance Zerline has us taking a linebacker as well, Zach Bond of Wisconsin. I honestly don't even know anything about Bond. I'd have to look into him. But the way Wisconsin players play defense, I mean, I, I have to think he's probably pretty good. So those are our options so far. Now there's other ones too. I mean... But it's hard. I mean, there's this guy, Curtis Weaver. There's, it, it just feels like the Ravens have no choice but to take an inside linebacker. And honestly, look, I mean, this could have all been avoided if we had CJ back. Really. I mean, I really, I really, really wanted CJ back so badly. I so badly wanted CJ Mosley back. It just didn't happen, though. We lost Peanut. We lost Josh Bynes. I mean, again, I like LJ Fort. I like the potential of Otero Olaka. I think Chris Moore maybe could give us some more things. But going into the season with those three guys will not cut it. So Ravens drafting inside linebacker, unless something drastically changes from now until the draft. I mean, what else are we going to do? Honestly, what else can the Ravens do? Take Denzel Mims? Maybe. But that's not going to fix the biggest issue on the team. The number one issue on the team. And the Ravens have addressed every other piece of the defense. They've addressed defensive line. They've beat that defensive line up. Eric DaCosta was sick and tired of teams running on us last year. That was the one problem with that defense. Is you had guys like Nick Chubb run on us. You had guys like Derrick Henry run on us. In that last game of the season. Derrick Henry destroying the Ravens. DaCosta said, ain't gonna happen. We got 
Brandon Williams. We're bringing in Calais Campbell, and we're signing Michael Brockers if his high angle sprain isn't bad. Boom, boom, boom. He goes out into the secondary. He says, okay, honestly, Brandon Carr, we're sorry, but we can't have you back. But we're taking Anthony Levine, and we're taking Jimmy Smith right back, and we're bringing Tavon Young off the IR. Boom, boom, boom. Just like that. There ain't no boom, boom for inside linebacker. We don't have that yet. So we'll see how that goes. Anyway, last signing to go over. The Ravens signed none other than Nick Moore. Nick Moore is, and honestly, I didn't know who Nick Moore was. I don't think anybody really did. But Nick Moore, actually, I kind of like the story. Okay, so Nick Moore replaces Hayden Hurst. If you didn't read the article, take a guess. If you did read the article, don't tell your friends listening. Nick Moore replaces Hayden Hurst for something on the Ravens roster. I'll give you like five seconds to think and try to guess what it is. You give up. Nick Moore replaces Hayden Hurst on the roster as the Raven to have played in Major League Baseball. That's right. If you remember Hayden Hurst, who we've traded to the Falcons, that's old news at this point, um, was drafted by the Pittsburgh Pirates. I don't know what round it was, but he played for them for a little bit. Didn't work out. He went to South Carolina, became a tight end, got drafted first round. That's how his story went. Nick Moore is a similar situation. He got drafted... Or signed, and I'm not exactly sure how baseball works. If you don't know, I'm not the biggest baseball fan. Although I do like the sport. I want to get into it. I just don't know enough about it. He signs or is drafted or whatever by the Boston Red Sox. Plays in the minor leagues for a couple of years. And it doesn't work out. And he joins an SEC team too. Except his is the Georgia Bulldogs. And he ends up playing in a national championship. Now, originally he's recruited to play linebacker at Georgia. But it didn't work out so well. So he moves from linebacker to fullback down to long snapper. But he does well, so well at long snapper that after playing at Georgia, he gets signed undrafted free agent by the New Orleans Saints. Uh, doesn't make the roster, though. But he goes on to play in the greatest spring football league that has ever existed, the XFL for the Tampa Bay Vipers. Now, look, I'm the big XFL fan here. Um, and I honestly, I am so, so disappointed they had to, I mean, this, I was enjoying it. I really was. I didn't have enough time to watch it. It's cool, to be honest with you. But when I watched it, I really liked it. I watched the whole opening weekend. I watched a couple games here and there. I mean, how about Philip Walker signing with Matt Rule, his former college coach, Matt Rule, the Carolina Panthers. That's an awesome deal for him. How about Jordan Tomu with the Chiefs backing up Pat Mahomes? That's sick for him. I mean, there were some really fun games in that in that league. I'm so sorry it, it had to end early this year. Not because of finances. That's the funny thing about it. The AAF had to go because they couldn't pay players. The XFL has plenty of money. They have plenty of money. The problem is, coronavirus made it unsafe to play the games. So, I mean, it's like they did everything right, except they picked the wrong year to do it. That is the... Honestly, that's, that is just... It just sucks to be for the XFL. All of our luck. Everybody's worked hard on that. But, listen, Nick Moore... Um... Here's a question about him, though. Why exactly did the Ravens sign him? Now, I, I opened it up to my Twitter followers because I was kind of confused. And I think I've, re- I've realized the kind of more obvious reason the Ravens signed him. The obvious reason says he is a camp long snapper. We had another guy. It was like Orzeka or, or, or something like that last year. Long snapper uh, for the preseason training camp. You know, someone to try out to maybe as a practice squad guy. 
you know, because our, our current long snapper, Morgan Cox, a very good long snapper. We love the wolf pack. We don't want to break it up. No, sir. Do not break up the special teams wolf pack. It's the best in the National Football League. Okay. But he's 34. Okay. Or he's at least about to turn 34 in April. Okay. He carries a $1.1 million cap hit. And, I mean, it is possible. I'm not saying it's going to happen. But it is possible that this Nick Moore guy, the former baseball player, the former Georgia Bulldog, and the former Tampa Bay Viper, he he played in, like, what, three different leagues before joining the NFL? It is possible he could replace Morgan Cox. It's far-fetched. I know it's far-fetched. But I'm just putting it out there. With that $1.1 million cap hit, his contract expires after 2020. He's going to be 34. I mean, you don't know. Maybe he wants to retire. So it, it is possible that he could be along for a while. Now, maybe maybe he comes back next season. Let's say Morgan Cox retires after 2020, okay? And Nick Moore comes back in 2021. Well, he pro- I don't know if he's eligible for the practice squad. That's the problem. Um there's certain restrictions on the practice squad. Some have to do with age. Some have to do with how many years you've played. He probably qualifies for the years played. But age, I don't know because remember he spent a couple years. So he, he entered college as a freshman at 22. So he's about four years older than the average, you know, second year NFL player. Because he, he signed with the Saints in 2019. Um, so take that with a grain of salt whether or not he could make that. I mean, honestly, though, in, in I would say it's a 90% chance he has no future in the, with the Ravens. 90, 90% chance. I'd say there's about a 5% chance. No, I'd say about an 8% chance. The Ravens view him as a potential long-term, long snapper, if you will, after Morgan Cox leaves, whenever that may be. And there's a, there's a 2% chance the Ravens will try to replace Morgan Cox this year. I mean, we don't need salary cap that badly to break up the wolf pack of Morgan Cox, Sam Cook, and Justin Tucker because it functions too well, way too well. Um, but that's it on the signings. Let me know which signing you like the best, which one you don't like the best, or signing or leaving you like the best, which you don't like the best. Honestly, I'm probably the biggest fan of the, of the well, the Anthony Levine signing is great, but Jimmy Smith too is very good. I'm probably most disappointed with Josh Bynes leaving. That's got to be mine. Um, so, yeah, about that. Now, I do want to touch a little bit on the draft here because we are getting closer to it. It's about 28 days away since I last checked today. Um, and the NFL continues to claim that it, it ain't getting moved. The NFL is saying, as I said to do, keep calm and carry on. We're going in place. Now, there was... A, I think it was like a GM's union. Not exactly sure how it works, but there was representatives for the GMs basically went out and said, uh, yeah, about that. Can we like, I don't know, postpone it a little bit? Because we can't evaluate players properly. There's something to be said about that problem. Okay. If, I might change my stance a little bit, because if this coronavirus pandemic prevents teams from attending pro days from individual workouts then drafting might actually be a big problem because we're not getting the same how do I put it we're not getting the same evaluation value 
from just the tape, from just calling the coaches. It's you know, there's something to be said about team or player meetings. There's something to be said about player workouts of of questions to player to the players. You know, these are valuable experiences for our scouts, and the Ravens have a way of doing it. The Falcons have a way of doing it. The Lions have a way of doing it. Every team has a way of doing it, and they don't like to deviate from that that preferred way. This is making them all deviate from it. Now, I believe it was Dick Cass, Ravens president Dick Cass. I think it was him who came out and basically said they don't expect the, the Ravens to even have OTAs at this point, which would not be good, by the way. That would not be good. OTAs start in, what, April or May or whatever? Or rookie minicamp. They probably wouldn't even have rookie minicamp if they're not going to have OTAs. And they hope. They say they hope. They expect. Well, not they expect. They hope training camp starts on time. In July. Um, so that. I mean. It is a, it is a concern. You know. NFL teams are already starting to prepare. That, that OTAs are going to happen. You know. I. I. I wanted to wait and see what happens. Honestly though. If. If it's gonna, if it's going to seriously hinder the way teams evaluate players, the way that, the way they arrange their draft boards, the way they think about approaching the draft, we might have to postpone it. We might just have to push it to May. I mean, it's not optimal. It might have to happen though. I think we should still consider the wait and see policy. That's what the NFL's adopted. They keep planning on it in May. I'm sorry, April. Although, if you are planning on going to Las Vegas to watch the draft. The joke's on you. You can't do that anymore because it's not going to be in Las Vegas. My guess is it's probably going to be all online where the commissioner will announce it. I mean, honestly, just use league offices. Do it like they did with the New York thing. Just call it in, though. Um, you know, this this coronavirus really messed everything up. I mean, it, it's terrible. It, it's affected all of us in some way or another. It's effect, it shows you it's affecting even the sports world. It, it's crazy. Um, but we just have to wait and see on the draft. There's nothing else at this point. That we can do. Um, but yeah, I've really got nothing else to say for this week. It's a bit shorter of Nest Talk. You get the long episode last week. You get the short episode this week. Um, let me know what you like about the Ravens. What they're doing right now. Um, what you don't like about what the Ravens are doing right now. Any questions, comments for next video, episode, whatever. And tune in on Saturday because that's when our review of a certain wide receiver who may or may not wear orange is going to be re- reviewed, uh, is going to be posted. So keep that in mind. And if you are listening on iTunes, come on, head on down to that subscription button. You know you want to tap it. You know you want to give us that five-star rating. It helps us out a lot. I mean, it really does. I really appreciate it if you do that. If you're listening on Spotify, make sure you hit that favorite button. Uh, if you are listening on YouTube, hit that subscribe button, hit that notification bell, and that way you even get our player reviews when they come out. I'm hoping to do like maybe two or three a week. We'll see how that goes. No promises. It's been kind of crazy. I mean, honestly, trying to do college online, it's not as easy as it sounds, especially when you're home cooped up in a house because it's too dangerous to go outside, essentially. Um, and yeah, I mean, it, it's not ideal. None of this is ideal for anybody. But, I mean, hey, being home is a little less stressful, I have to say. So maybe we'll get out some more reviews than we would have last year. We're start, again, starting a little later this year, but, you know, circumstances have, have mandated that. Um, but again, if you're listening on YouTube, subscribe, hit the notification bell. If you want to follow us on Twitter, which you highly, highly, highly recommend you should, go over and find us at Nest Talk, at Be More Feather, and then my personal account, at Chris Lynn Font. 
Um, go to BaltimoreFeather.com, sign up for the email news list. That way you get the latest Ravens news articles in your inbox, the latest opinion pieces, pieces, and all of the videos will also be put into your email inbox. That's a really great way to keep up with the Ravens themselves. And if you are want to find us on Facebook, just search up Nest Talk or the Baltimore Feather on Facebook and follow us, like us there as well. So yeah, that has been episode 70 of the Nest Talk Podcast, the best and most elite Baltimore Ravens podcast on the internet. We'll hit you back next week with Nest Talk episode 71 as we continue to end edge towards the edge of the offseason here, getting closer to the NFL draft. Again, I'm Chris Linfont signing out. Have a great weekend, everybody. Stay safe. Wash your hands. Stay inside if you don't have to go outside. Uh, and just honestly, just stay healthy. That's the only thing we want you to do right now. So see you next week. Have a great weekend. Birdland Sports. For fans, by fans. Find more great shows like this at birdlandsports.com.